the first month I owned them, he bucked me up, drove my head in the ground, gave me a concussion. And I had this saying on my refrigerator, it was a John Wayne saying, that said, uh, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Welcome to Beyond the Shoots. In this episode, we talk to Maureen Skeet Barrett. Now, she was born and raised on a horse and dairy farm in upstate New York around a town called Sequoit. And this was a conversation that I'd been looking forward to for a long time. A few weeks ago, we started texting back and forth. We finally got arranged, and it is so cool that I was able to get her for this show. I'd heard a lot about Skeet over the years, heard a lot about her winning ways, if you will. Never had an opportunity to meet her. Never had a conversation before this one, so it was fun to pick up the phone, have a conversation, learn a lot about her, and she has a lot of interesting adventures that she shares. Her rodeo career started with a serious health scare. So what follows is her story. I hope that you enjoy. How are you tonight, Skeet? I'm doing great. How about you? I am good. Good to finally connect with you. I've been looking forward to this all week. Ever since we started messaging back and forth, um, I've been excited about getting on the phone and talking with you. Well, I have been too, but a little nervous as well. Well, that's okay. You've got a lot of stories (laughs) to tell. Just know you're amongst friends. (laughs) <laughs> okay and uh we'll uh we'll cover some ground so the first thing i gotta ask you and you've probably been asked this a thousand times how did you gain the name skeet i love the oh. name if i don't know there's a better rodeo name than skeet. <laughs> I know. um when i was very little i had a brother that was eight years older than i am and um my real name is maureen tina and I was a tomboy, and he didn't think Maureen suited me, and he started calling me Skeet. And he doesn't know why he came up with that, but I think at the time there was a country western singer called Skeeter Davis. I remember her. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. So I I think that's where he got it from, but it stuck. I mean, to this day, my doctors and dentists, they call me Skeets, you know. That's your official name on all the on all the documents and, and uh, official records? <laughs> no, no, on the official <laughs> records, it's Maureen. <laughs> okay. Well, if it's okay, I'm going to call you Skeet throughout, the, throughout this conversation, if that'd be all right. Everybody else does, so. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So, born and raised... Um, on a horse and dairy farm in Sequoit, New York. First off, for our listeners, where is Sequoit? It's eight miles south of Utica, about an hour east of Syracuse. Okay. Um, I live out in the country. I grew up on a dairy farm. We had a dairy farm on one side of the road, and the other side was a horse farm. And my dad um, was a 4-H leader, Um and he had like 20 kids on horses doing drills. So every Sunday and during the summer, he always took the day off of, you know, his chores. And he worked with all us kids. As, and as a drill team. 
as a drill team. Okay. And I was, he taught me to ride by myself when I was three years old and had oh, a wow. big, big mare that just babysat me. And I think at the time you had to be nine to be into the 4-H. Mm-hmm. And the head of the 4-H came up and I was eight years old and dad tried to get me, you know, into the drill team because, you know, I'm very sad because it can't be. And, <laughs> right, right. And, <laughs> and so I had to ride in front of this guy and prove that I was, you know, very capable. Okay. So, um, but we went all over putting on drills at horse shows. And of course we compete at the same time. Oh, you know, okay. And, and, uh, you know, you'd go on the same, in the same, on the same horse, you'd go from Western pleasure class right into a barrel racing class. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it was yeah, great. Yeah. So, so you did, you did both, both, uh, pleasure cl- classes and also yep. games, barrels, poles, yep. flags. All the- I did everything, command class, equitation, you know, we just did everything. All on the same horse. All on the same horse. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and and that horse, now you're talking about that mare that raised you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Uh, what, was she, what was she best at? Everything. Everything. I mean, she just, she had a big heart. Okay. And okay. she just took care of me. Yeah. And um, she was awesome. And I don't like mares. Yeah. <laughs> and she was awesome, but she didn't act like a mare. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was very fortunate in how I got to grow up. Okay. Okay. So, lots of horse showing, like every week right. kind of horse showing? Yep. Okay. Yep. And, yep. and just open shows? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so no breed shows, no quarter horse shows, nothing like that. But you could, Not really, no. But you could be somewhere every weekend riding. Right. Okay. Okay. Yes. And yep. so that's how you got your start. Then, then how long then before you found rodeo and, and started to move? <laughs> did you move away from horse, horse showing to rodeo or did you kind of just blend this off into a, it a bit? Yeah. This is a funny story. Okay. Okay. Um, my husband, Dickie Barrett, mm-hmm. old, old man Barrett's son. Yeah. Um, he lived a mile down the road. Oh, okay. And I couldn't stand him growing up. Okay. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute. Let me back up. This is your husband. Your t- now husband. You're talking about. Uh, yes, you're uh, right. Okay. That's why it's a funny story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he was persistent. He mm. would see me go by with my mother, and he'd ride his horse over, and I'd send my brother out to tell him that I wasn't home. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he was very persistent. Yeah. Um, until my brother said, I just broke up with a guy, and my brother said, Why don't you go out with Dickie? He's such a nice guy. Yeah. And so I did. <laughs> and um and it took off from there. Okay. And and we're just shy of forty five years married. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. And congratulations. And and Thank you. And how old were you when you met Dickie? Or uh, I, I, mile down the road, you know, knew him a long time. How old uh, were you when you started to go steady? Is that the right term? Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I knew him my whole life, and, you know, um, we started dating, and I, I would think I was 16. 16, okay. Yeah. And, yep. And then that, because because his family was, was doing a lot of rodeos at that point, correct? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, Sticky, um, he rode bulls for 10 years, and he was a con and bullfighter for 16. Okay. And he was, and he was Ma... Right. In the Model <laughs> T, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and he liked telling jokes and he was good at it. Yeah. Yeah. So at 16, did you start hauling? Did you start going to no. rodeos? No. No. Um, so when we got together, um, we didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And... So when we got married, I started taking um, pictures at rodeos, developing them, and s- selling them back to the cowboys. Okay. And when we get to a rodeo, you know, everybody was coming to the truck before we were even stopped to get out of the truck to, you know, they wanted to see if I had got a picture of them. Okay. And I had a very profitable business. Okay. Okay. But... I got a blood clot in my leg that I'm not much for going to doctors. And so I kind of held off until I couldn't walk. Mm. And I went into the doctor on crutches and the doctor looked at me and he said, you have a blood clot. If that moves, you're dead. Oh, my goodness. And I was in the hospital for a week. Okay. And I said to Dickie, I don't, I don't want to be taking pictures. I want to be barrel racing. Really? You know? At that point? You said time to... At that point. Okay. Yes. And how old would you, you have know, been at that point, Skeet? Oh, I don't Roughly? even know. Roughly? Oh, gosh. You're, uh-huh. I don't... I, um, let me think. Maybe 30. Maybe 30. Okay. Okay. Late 20s or 30. Okay. And to that point, you were a rodeo photographer. You were in the arena taking pictures. Exactly, okay. and okay. was very successful at that. Now, this would have but been early 80s? This, gosh. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot Well, here. maybe so. I'm trying uh, to think. Let yeah. me think. Um, I got the blood clot in my leg um, in, yeah, 82, 83, something okay. like that. Okay, okay. And so I said, you know, this isn't, I could have died. I don't want to do this. I want to barrel race. Yeah. Yeah. So but this is where Betty Johnson comes in. Okay. Okay. And uh, Betty said, I know of a horse for sale. It'd be a good starter horse for you. So I'm on crutches. We go look at this horse and you know, I'm not supposed to get on it, but I got on it and just walked it around, and mm-hmm. and we ended up buying the horse. Okay. And this horse also taught both Dickie and I to rope. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. So um, I went to my very first barrel racing clinic in Attica. Okay. Yep. Yep. And um, it was Lynn McKenzie teaching it. Oh, okay. So, world champion barrel racer, and that's how I got my start. Okay, 
Okay. And and how long did you campaign that that horse? Uh, what was the name of the horse you got? That, uh, that Blue you, Boy. Blue Boy. And was Blue Boy <laughs> New York horse? Yes. Okay. So how long how long um, did you campaign Blue Boy? I don't think very long. Mm-hmm. You know, the only rodeos we went to with him was like an open rodeo. Okay. And I needed to step up into something better. Okay. Now, so, now yep. w- was this around the time we talked with Betty Johnson? Was this around the time of the Empire Barrel Racing Association, or was this after that? After that. After that. Well, it might have been around the time, but I wasn't in that. Mm-hmm. So what associations then were you were you starting to run in? When I started, um, Kathy Mitchell had a, um, what was it called? Girls, girls. I got a buckle here. I think that says something. <laughs> that's, that's a great way to keep track of your history. I love it. Yeah, Central New York Girls Barrel Racing Association. Okay, okay, okay. That's how I got my start. Now, now, was this? Were they? Were were you? Would you be competing with that association at rodeos, or did they have their own standalone uh, barrel races? No, they. I think most of them were at Kathy Mitchell's. There were some that were, you know, away from there, but. Um, I didn't start rodeo until I got the next horse. Okay. What was the next horse? Next horse was Spinner the Winner. Actually, his registered name was Cloud Spinner. Cloud Spinner. So Spinner the Winner. Yep. Yep. That's what I called him, Spinner the Winner. And uh, he came up for sale. Um, I was at a jackpot at Mitchell's Arena. Mm Mm-hmm. And the girl was just trying to get this horse into the arena. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he was a five-year-old, and he blew apart and smashed the side of a pickup truck. Oh, my goodness. And I said to Dickie, I want that horse. I think it has lots of potential. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and, and Dickie and my friends are on like, are you crazy? Yeah, this yeah. horse will kill you. Yeah, you know? yeah. So long story short, we ended up buying him. Okay. Very cheap. <laughs> do, do you now? Now, in today's terms, do you remember what you paid for that horse? I if do. If you want I to think, share, yeah. Yeah, I think it was um, sixteen hundred dollars. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he was a five-year-old, bred very well off yeah. the track. Oh really? And, okay. And won money on the quarter horse track every time he raced. Oh nice. Okay. But he he had been in the wrong hands, and he had a, a major screw loose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we bought him, and it was in September. And the first month I owned him, he bucked me off, drove my head in the ground, gave me a concussion. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, a concussion? And, yep. Oh, wow. Yes, and every time I rode him, he tried to buck me off. Yeah. And I had this saying on my refrigerator. It was a John Wayne saying, 
that said uh, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Oh, my goodness. So at that point, my dad was still alive, and Mm -hmm. he said to me one day, I'll bet you $1,000. No, I'll bet you that you can't make $1,000 with that horse. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, yeah, watch me. Okay. And so it was right after that I started getting with the horse. Okay. The first place I take him to bail race is back up Kathy Mitchell's where he destroyed Mm -hmm. the side of a pickup truck. Right. And the girl that owned him was there with her good horse and everybody else that had seen what happened. And, and I was first up and he walked to the arena with his head down, just like, you know, we're going for a trail ride. I picked him up. We ran a set of barrels and we won it that day. Oh my goodness. So, and so, so what the changed? Girl, yeah. Yeah. The girl that owned them came over to me and said, Skeet, I don't know what you did. But can I buy them back? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I said, no, absolutely no. not. Right. You know, right, right. What what changed was um, he trusted me. You know, mm-hmm. I won his trust. I won his love. You know, he'd do anything for me after that. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So my father, I go over <laughs> and I put $1,000 down on the table. Yeah. And my father looked at me and he said, it worked, didn't it? Ah. And I said, what? And he said, I knew you were having trouble with this horse. Yeah. And that's why I bet you that, you know, you couldn't do it because you proved me wrong. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And do you remember what you did that helped build the connection between you and, and Spinner the winner? Do you, I mean. Yeah. It sounded like of, he was sour. Was he a bit sour when you got him? Oh, well, he was. He was downright mean. Mean. Okay. You know, yeah. um, I did a lot of groundwork okay. with him. Okay. You know, but. Well, that's neat. That uh, yeah, you can re- yeah. Re- you know turn a horse around like that. That is super impressive. And that's what I've always liked to do. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is really cool. So so with Spinner the winner, he was he was the one that put you on the road. Did, yep, uh, go ahead. He's the one that put me on the map. You know, okay. people started to look at me because he it was a lot of track rodeos at the time, hmm. and he was great at track rodeos. He liked the footage. Uh, oh yeah, okay. he just he loved it, and he still had. You know, a screw loose, you know, we'd still would walk once in a while if he got, you know, uncomfortable. And but you just, you know, dealt with it. You didn't get after him. Right. Right. And um, so we we started rodeoing with him. And um, the <laughs> I always had pretty runs. OK. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people, you know, oh, that was such a pretty run. Mm-hmm. But I'd be like. You know, on other than tracks, I'd be like, you know, one out of the money every time. Okay, okay. And um, I didn't like that, and I didn't want to be a pretty rider. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't an aggressive rider. Mm-hmm. So I had a bull rider came to me one day, mm-hmm. and he said, Skate, you need to do what bull riders do before they ride. 
to get yourself mad. Mm. So you sit up and write. Mm. So after that, then I started taking off. And Spinner and I, you know, got on the map. So he could sense from you the way you were riding. You you mean to play in these bigger road in these bigger arenas? Yeah. Okay. So the yep. signals you're sending him. Once you said, "I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to I'm going to push. I'm going to we're going to go mm-hmm. get this." Right? Mm-hmm. I'll be done. Mm-hmm. And he responded to yep. that. Yep. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Because I had the confidence in mm-hmm. the drive, mm-hmm. and they sense everything, and. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he had the, he got the confidence too. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. I love hearing that. So what associations were you riding then? So you're taking off, you're great on the tracks, and I'm assuming that's narrow yep. and footing, right? Both narrow right. track right. arena. Yep. And then the big arena is a little bit deeper ground and mm-hmm. longer between the barrels. Mm-hmm. And he likes to stretch out and go. Yep. Okay. And um, so we started doing good everywhere we went. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. rode him. I bought him when he was five. I had to retire him when he was 18. Um, mm-hmm. He got a uh, worst case of Cushing's disease mm-hmm. that um, Cornell University had ever seen. Oh, wow. Okay. So then I'm... Um, Looking for another horse. Okay. Now, uh, back to Spinner the winner. What, mm-hmm. uh, what, uh, think of the, the best years you had with him. What were the big shows? What were the things that stood out for you? Oh, gosh. Um, um, I don't know. It was all the track rodeos with him that, mm-hmm. that he, you know, I couldn't be beat, but you know, the other thing is I, I had so many people tell me that horse is a puke. You'll never do good with that horse. And, um, you know, what, what did you buy that horse and Mm -hmm. just all this negative stuff. Mm -hmm. And I always took it when somebody is, you know, trying to put me down mm-hmm. that I must be a threat or they wouldn't be trying as hard. I see. I see. Yeah. And um, so, I don't know. He, he, you know, he made the name Skeet Barrett. Okay. Okay. And what associations were you, you were riding APRA? Yes. Okay. APRA. And WPRA. And WPRA? Um, mm-hmm. IPRA at all? Yeah, I mean, a little here and there, but not much. Okay. And and when you were going, were you going the most when you had him, Spinner the Winner? I mean, was that no. your heaviest no. travel? No, it was no. the next horse I bought. Okay. Um, okay. The Scud Missile. Now, what was the name? The Scud Missile. Scud Missile. <laughs> okay. And did you have, and Scud Missile is a gelding, I take it? Yes. Okay. And how old was he when you bought him? He was nine. He was nine. And were you still hauling Spinner the Winner at that point? Um, No. I I think I had quit hauling him. 
I think we we bought missile before I actually stopped with Spinner. You did, okay. Yes. And so he was those Scud missile. You call him Scud, or you call him missile? Missile. Missile. So missile was ready to run when you got him. He was ready to oh, go yes. campaign. Oh yes, he okay. was the real deal, but. Okay. Um, Missile had a lot of spirit, mm -hmm. and he wasn't a mean horse whatsoever, but he had happy feet, and he bucked all the time, and the girl I bought him from got bucked off in the alleyway, and oh my. Um, it just wasn't a good match between okay. them. So, so wait a minute. Happy feet? Happy feet. What does that mean? <laughs> happy feet. You know, he's not bucking to be mean. He's bucking because he feels good. Okay. He's happy. Okay. You know? Yeah. And the, the the girl that owned him up until he was eight yeah. um, took the spirit out of him. Oh. And um, so he didn't run well when he hit barrels. And, okay. And then I put the spirit back in him. Okay. And we immediately um, started win them, winning, and I made it to my first first Frontier Circuit Finals the first year I owned them. Oh, very nice. Okay, okay. So let yeah. me back up a little bit. Where did okay. where did Missile come from? What town? What area? Um, in Saratoga. In Saratoga, was he also off the track? Um, no, I don't think he was. Okay. No. But a nine-year-old, they'd been campaigning him for a while. Yes. You had seen him run? I had seen him run mm -hmm. and knew that, you know, he had issues. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I like getting these horses that have issues and turning them around. Okay. Okay. And you say you gave his spirit back. Yes. And, and um, I'm guessing that has elements of trust and relationship in it, like it was with Spinner the Winner? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. You know, he, he again, loved me to death, and, and um, I, I was, he was the best horse ever. Okay. Okay. I could take him on tracks, big arenas, deep arenas. It didn't matter what it was. Okay. So... You made the first Frontier Circuit, PRCA, WPRA. Yep. And how hard were you? So if you're living in Sequoia, you're mm -hmm. traveling to Painted Pony for PRCA, and you're traveling to Wood uh, to Cowtown, New Jersey? Mm-hmm. Okay. Those so, are, that's, uh, Cowtown's a bit of a haul. That's six hours, right? That's six hours, okay. and... um. The one year we were winning the circuit, and Dickie said to me, "If you want to win the circuit, you got to go to Cowtown." And and I said, "Well, that's on my bucket list, is I want to win Cowtown." And he said, "Well, you can't win it without going there." And right. So we went there, and Russell, you know, was used to run in, run out, and Cowtown is a setup arena, and mm -hmm. um, we had an awful first two tries. Okay. Um, because, you know, he's going every which way. And um, the third try, he decided to try a different way to go in. Mm -hmm. And they told me, if you're in the slack, don't even bother to come because you can't place in slack because oh. of the ground. 
Because they don't work the ground the same way? Well, the ground gets deep. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. So I'm that night, I was last in slack to run. So deepest ground. Right. And I won it. And you won it. Okay. Yes. And I won it. And And it's funny because the girls had said to me, because I was winning on these tracks, Skeet, come down into our turf. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I go down and I, and I want it, you know, and, but there was a problem with the ground at Cattown going into that first barrel mm-hmm. and horses were going down and, and Dickie and I looked at each other and I said, it isn't worth winning the circuit, taking a chance on hurting muscle. For sure. And Dickie agreed with me. So we didn't go back. You didn't go back. No. Okay. Didn't go back. Now, when my you horse s- meant more to me than winning a circuit. Absolutely, absolutely, and that makes sense. So where? So you were riding then to get your first frontier points. You were riding Gary. You were riding North Washington, Pennsylvania. Those were PRCA at the time. Great rodeos. Yeah. Great rodeos. And and uh, so so. You take Gary, which would be what two hours from you? No, more than that. More than that. Um, it's like five, six hours. Really? Okay, five or six yep. hours. Okay, and and how many goes might you have at uh, at Gary? Yeah, two goes. Two goes, and yep. back to back. Would you try to work back yep. and back to slack? What would you? No, well, they always gave you back to back. Back to back performances. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. And you would go out and stay out. Yes. Okay. And and when you were going, so this is if I can do the math. You bought you bought uh, Spinner the Winner in eighty two, more or less. Somewhere, yeah, yeah. somewhere there. So this would be in the early nineties. We're talking now. Um. Let me look at the buckles again. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love it. Look at your trophy case. You can tell. Oh, I must have been to that rodeo. I got a buckle, you'll say. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. Oh. This was, so it was 99 was when I bought missile oh really 99 okay 99 and um that was the year um that i made it to the first circuit finals and won a go round and won a go round and where was Uh the circuit finals at that time Oh, you're really testing my memory well, here. This is for the Facebook New York Rodeo <laughs> Museum Facebook page. Dickie, when when I made the circuit fun, actually I made the circuit funnels with Spinner. Um, the first one was Albany. Okay. But when was the first one with Missile? Probably Yeah, it was Binghamton. Binghamton. Yes. Okay. Binghamton, New York. Okay. Excellent. Uh-huh. And so in 99, you're going pretty hard. 
Would you, would, was that a pretty busy year for you? Um, yeah. I mean, every year after that was busy. I rode Miss Lowell from the time he was nine until he was 21. I retired him. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So describe maybe for our listeners, when did the rodeo season really, really start for you? Let's say in 99 or 2000, what, what month did you crack out and really start to go? I was probably June, but 4th of July really kicked off everywhere. And then it went till Labor Day and you had, you know, some after that, of Mm -hmm. course, like Glens Falls. But, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you know, it was mainly most of it was July to Labor Day. And and so in that time period, um, what would a typical week look like? So you might throw in North Washington. You might throw in Gary into this typical week. Leave the house mm-hmm. when, return when. We leave on Friday. We get to work early, mm-hmm. you know, and the, mm-hmm. there was this, uh, I think might have been called let me look at the buckles. Well, you ride it. You rode then Boston Spa. Yes. Okay. I did. All American. Yes, there. I mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd go from I think it was was it Greensburg con. Oh yeah. Like the weekend we went from Pennsylvania, and we went to. Um, Cowtown, and then we went to um, Cape Cod. Cod. Oh, my goodness, Cape Cod. We didn't used to sit on the couch much. Yeah, we Uh. didn't sit on the couch. (laughs) And and that's what I'm trying to get to, just to give our listeners kind of an understanding of what, um, if you're going to campaign and go, what mm-hmm. what what can you expect from a week? Leave you cut out of work early. Probably all your vacation time was Friday afternoons, right? Right, right. <laughs> or something right. like that. Um, and it was many times that yeah. you know we get home, maybe get an hour to sleep and go to work on Monday. On Monday, still got yeah. horses to unload. Still got horses to take care of. Right, and then and then. So start it all over again come Friday, and that's if you're not mm-hmm. up at North Washington or Gary or a midweek deal. Right. Okay. Gary was one of my absolute favorite rodeos, and it's funny because I never won that. Okay. You know, I placed. I, I won on, you know, a lot of rodeos in the Northeast, but I never won Gary, but it was that was one of my very favorite rodeos. And what made it your favorite, Ski? You know, I don't know, really. It was a Barnes rodeo. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd stay overnight, and we'd have a campfire, and everybody get together and with food, and it was just, you uh, know, the ground was always good. It was a nice arena. I just always liked there, and I always liked, um, painted pony. Painted pony. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Up around Lake George there. Okay. Missile Love Painted Pony Arena. Okay. So was that a Saturday night show for the for you then, Painted Pony? Typically? Um you know, typically, I guess, yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Or you go to Double M and then you go to Painted Pony. So so you're on the road from Friday through Sunday, get home late on Sunday. What were you driving at the time? How did you travel? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because um, we I know we had a custom fab and, you know, we had a, a three F-250 we started with. And then when I was 39, yeah. we got our first living quarters um, trailer because, you know, when we'd be in Gary or somewhere before that, I'd get up early with a bucket and not clean up because I didn't have a living quarters. Okay. Okay. So, so I thought I had it made when I was 39 years old. When you were 39 years old, got a, got a, got a trailer with living quarters prior to that did you were you pulling goosenecks were you did you have a pickup truck with a slide-in camper um back when we were when i was a photographer we had a truck with a slide-in camper mm -hmm. but you know mainly it was all goosenecks okay so before the living quarters you would sleep in the trailer yes okay all right yep. all right yeah <laughs> Very cool. And then, and, and so, yeah, yeah. And this is interesting to me. So you get home on Sunday nights, you got to, you, you got Monday, Tuesday, when you got, you got to clean up gear, you got to get ready to go again. You got to make your plans. You got to take mm -hmm. care of horses. How did you keep the horses, uh, the horse at this point, Scud Missile, how did you keep him in, in condition through the summer? What was the, what was the routine? Missile never saw a set of barrels at home. Mm -hmm. Never. Okay. You know, um, if he had done something wrong, he would have, but he never did anything wrong. If if a mistake was made, it was because the rider made the mistake, not because of missile. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, so it was just riding. He missile loved to run the hill. You know, that was his thing. At that was his happy place. The hill. The hill. So describe that for us. It's up by, we have a rodeo arena um, up on the hill, and there was like a swale that you'd start down below, and then you'd run past the rodeo arena, and then up the hill um, to the top. Okay. And how far was that? I don't know how far that was. It was, you know, it was a good stretch to run. And, mm -hmm. and um, you know, a lot of times he'd get in the middle of that hill on a dead run and he'd just buck. <laughs> <laughs> Happy feet. Happy feet. And he was so funny because if you yelled at him, he yeah. would stop. Really? But if, <clears throat> yeah, he would just, you know, he'd stop bucking. But if, if you think, Thought you were gonna manhandle him? Ah. Oh, he'd keep bucking. <laughs> and and bucking out of happiness is that is that what you think? Yep. Okay. Because he he felt good and and um, he was happy. Okay. And I, I kept him happy, you know. And when he was um, happy, he'd run. Yeah. Okay. And it was nice because we go to a rodeo, and I knew that if I didn't mess up, we'd get a check. Okay. All on the rider, mostly. Right. What a what that's nope. that's a lot of maturity nope. that you would recognize that and realize the potential of the horse and know that 
the writers got to do their job too. Right. That's, that's pretty impressive. I had a lot of trust in them, which, you know, a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and you never drilled him or ran him at the house. Never. Never. You just just nope. decent conditioning. Yep. And and he so he was pretty pretty broke to the barrels. I don't know if I'm using the right language here, Skeet. He knew how oh, to yes. turn barrels when you got him. Oh, definitely. Okay. Oh, definitely. And and um I mean, he was just he was just the best. And then, so, and then yep. traveling with a horse. How do you mm-hmm. keep them? I mean, there's so many things that can go on, go wrong. A lot of hours standing in a trailer, a lot of hours standing mm-hmm. beside the trailer. Um, mm-hmm. Health, happiness. Um, mm-hmm. How do you keep them engaged? Uh, how did he travel? Well, that's kind of funny, too, because we had to haul Dickie's rope horse mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because in order to warm him up, Dickie had to pony him with the rope horse. Really? Oh, because he bucked so. And um, so he would um, he would buck and, and, and strike Dickie and the rope horse and bite at him and um, girls would stand there and tell me, Skeet, I wouldn't ride that horse for no money. <laughs> and uh, he he got away from Dickie twice, once at Cowtown and once up at Thousand Acres, but okay. he didn't go far. Okay, okay. And, and once he went through those antics, mm-hmm. then would he settle in and he's fine? Um, he did, but when I got on him, if he, um, if he was still on a bronchi, yeah, I would smile because the bronchier he was, the better he ran. Okay, so so in the <clears throat> in the alleyway, might he get happy feet? Might he act up just a bit? No, no, no. Nope. So once it was time for work, he knew where he was. Well, he knew his job, and yeah. he was all business. Okay. <laughs> okay. And and you got a sense he simply enjoyed running? He loved it. He absolutely loved it. So talk about the big ones, the finals, uh, the, the performances that you just stand back and shake your head and go, I don't know how we did that. Anything yeah. come to mind, or a lot of them come to mind? We we had a lot of them, but it's one finals, ARA finals, and in Syracuse, mm-hmm. and um, Missile and I loved the Syracuse Coliseum, mm-hmm. and um, we won the first round, we won the second round, and the announcer, I'll never forget it, I didn't hear it then because i zone out but he's you know he said you know she won it the first round and this time she won the second round and this time let's see what you got yeah yeah and he came running in and he ran the same time as the first two wow uh, performances but we ended up third but we won the average you won the average okay yeah okay yeah 
And did that get you year-end as well? Um, we didn't win the year-round. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, we were up there. But okay. my favorite um, performance with him was um, Glenn's Falls. Okay, okay. Now, I hated Glenn's Falls Arena because with Spinner, um, you get... You lead them down this concrete tunnel, mm -hmm. and then you get on just before they call your name, and you come out running at the first. Okay. So, okay. You, you know, you're bent over in the saddle. Mm -hmm. And they didn't tell me that you also had a metal gate piping that went across. So when I came up, oh. it caught me right square between the eyes oh my goodness so above the gate where you went through yes oh my goodness. and so oh um i let go of the reins and i just grabbed the saddle horn because i'm seeing stars oh, i'm not knocked out but i'm seeing stars oh my. spinner went in there he ran the whole pattern and came out and we were sixth place out of 40 some girls and you never touched the reins no I held onto the horn and I, I kind of just slid off onto the ground and Dickie didn't see what happened and he came over and hands on his hips and he says, "What the hell were you doing out there?" Yeah, yeah. And everybody proceeded to tell him what happened. Oh my goodness. So, I'm on missile and Dickie said, "You gotta enter Guns Falls." There was more money added that year. Mm -hmm. And Missile was at the top of his game. He had just won the ARA finals. Mm -hmm. And um, a good friend of ours, Kimber Ham, died of carbon monoxide poisoning mm -hmm. down in Georgia at the NBHA finals. Oh. And we went to the calling hours, and her husband said, Kimber was so excited for you winning the finals, you would have thought she won it. Oh, my goodness. So we're coming home, and I said, you know, Dickie, if there's something we want to do and we can afford it, we need to do it. You don't mm -hmm. know when your number is up. And, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, Dickie said, I'm fine. You know, what about you? And I said, Missile's at the top of his game. I just want to run against a world champion. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, we won't do it around here. We'll have to go to Florida or somewhere. And, and so uh, two weeks later, I entered Glens Falls mm -hmm. and Kimber's memory mm -hmm. and I get to the entry office and there's beautiful buckles on the buckle knot and I came out and I said to Dickie, where do you see those buckles? One of them is mine. Okay. And Dickie looked at me and he said, this might be a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the roster. I'm third. And Molly Powell from Stephenville, Texas, is right behind me. Okay, okay. Be careful what you wish for. Right, right. You know? And I looked at him, and I said, it's still mine. Yeah, good. You know, the fire is just coming out, you know? And um, so we're in the in the cement puddle, in, in line, and missile is yawning. Yawning. Okay. Yes. Okay. And I'm slapping his face saying, yeah, Missile, yeah. come on. Yeah, this is important. Yeah, you know? Yeah. 
And Molly Palmas thought I was a real nut. And uh, <laughs> so it was my turn. I got on. We came out, made a missile run, and um, I looked up at the clock, and it was 13.00. Wow, 13 and, flat. Okay. Yep. And um, missile kicked everything in sight, so they had to put me in a separate pen. Okay. And... And I jumped up to watch Molly, and Molly Powell had a great run. And I looked at time, she was 13.03. So by three one-hundredths of a second, you, you, you beat her. So you, yes. beat, you beat your world champion. You're number one. Yes. Okay. And she, she was trying to make it to the NFR. She was right on the bubble. Mm -hmm. And so she got second at Glens Falls. And then the next morning, she and her husband drove up there from Texas. Next morning, she flew out of there, and her mother had her other horse in California. She placed there, oh, wow. and she made the finals, she made yeah. the NFR. Yeah. And um, that year, we were out there and saw it. She won the average for 120000 Holy cow. You were out yeah. there. You, you went out. We have season tickets, and we went out. Oh, yep. wow. So you go out every year to the NFR? Just about every year. Oh, that is so neat. How many rounds do you typically go? Four rounds. Four first, rounds. First four rounds. Okay. Okay. Opening. Okay. All right. Excellent. But you got to see her, and, and that is right. so neat. And that's something to go there and cheer on someone that you know. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's really cool. And, um, you know, it's just... I. I was ready to retire at that point because it didn't get any better than that. <laughs> okay. Now, I was going to ask, before you said that, any temptation to say, you know what, let's, let's go a little further afield. Let's, let's, let's head west. Any temptation to do that ever through your career? Well, one of the girls that radioed with, um, she wasn't married, and she one year she said, you know, our horses are running great. How about you and I go... Texas, you know, for the winter rodeos, we'll take a month, and if you do good, you know, we'll stay, and if we don't, we'll come home. Yeah. And I looked at Dickie, and he said, I've seen how she parties. You are not going with her. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think, in, in all honesty, I don't think Missile would have done good with that kind of hauling. Okay. Okay. But he hauled pretty good locally. He did okay. Yeah. Okay. But he had to have his buddy with him. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So one of the things you've talked about that is just standing out for me is the relationship that you have with the horses. You you see a horse that is challenging to anyone else, both with Spinner the Winner and, and with Scud Missile, and you said no, I like these. I like this horse. I want to buy this horse. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've had others um, that we bought. Yeah. That were a challenge that just needed some trust and love. Mm -hmm. And you know, we we ended up selling them. Mm -hmm. um, one horse in particular that was really bad. We sold to a thirteen-year-old girl that went barrel racing. Okay. Okay. And she connected with her with him okay and did okay? Yep. Okay. Yep. Isn't that something? Yep. Yeah. That is so neat. 
So almost rehabilitation a bit, or definitely learning and understanding what makes that horse tick. Happy right. feet. I've never heard that. I don't believe yeah. <laughs> describing a horse, <laughs> especially one that likes to buck. He's happy. <laughs> he's yeah, not doing he, it to be mean. He's no, happy. <laughs> he's just happy, you know. And and I like, um, you know, I like my horses. I always, when I started this, I said I never want to be a one horse wonder. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I want to be able to do it on several horses, and I have. So, looking back over the years, what, what you had two great ones. What makes a great barrel horse? Uh, um, confirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't want to really say breeding because it's that's not the case. I had one horse that was bred to the hilt and was the most athletic horse I could ever want, but he didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he didn't like the stress of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another horse, big Palomino, just gorgeous, um, big Al. Mm-hmm. And he, we did a lot of winning with him, just, you know, locally, like, um, painted pony and double M and he won double M for the year and was reserved for the year. And then he got EPM. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. And that for our listeners, that's, that's, uh, from possum, right? Possum. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, parasites from a possum attack the spinal cord mm-hmm. in the brain. Mm-hmm. And I had very five very good vets, um, yeah. and all five vets I asked, couldn't be, this be the start of EPM? All five of them said no and injected them somewhere, which was the worst thing we could have done. Okay, okay. So I have kicked myself that I will never um, not think I know anything, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. because a vet is a vet. Mm-hmm. That, you know, if I had insisted on medicine or the testing, you know, he'd be alive today. Really? So were there ways of of combating EPM if you could have got it, caught it quick enough? If I caught it quick, not quick enough, but his had gone too far. It had. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. So we've talked about your experience with horses and horsemanship and... For lack of a better word, I'm going to say rehabilitation and building relationship with these horses that were challenging. You know, you you talk about bell racers who look at you and go, I wouldn't ride that horse for no amount of money. And you want a bunch of money on this horse. Um, So let's let's shift just a bit then to the rider. Let's Uh let's. uh, you know, it's said that um, rodeo is 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 ninety percent mental, right? The mental attitude, uh, the mental approach. You can have the fastest horse and you can be the best rider, but if you don't have that mentally, you're not going to do anything. So, what is that? What is that mental aspect? What Doing do you- all your homework with the horse and trusting your horse is the 
big thing, you know. I do these clinics, and so many times you'll see the riders just not trusting their horse. You know, if you've done all your homework, why aren't you trusting this horse? And um, I, I believe in riding with a lot of um, leg and weight mm-hmm. and not much hand. Okay. You know, put, okay. put a metal bit in your mouth and you know, pull on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I always, I always tell people, is this, is this your number one priority in your life? Mm -hmm. And if somebody says yes, I say get a life. Because this should not be your number one priority. Running barrels and horses shouldn't be your number one priority. No, like my priority is is God, mm-hmm. my husband, mm-hmm. you know, my family and friends, mm-hmm. my animals. Mm-hmm. So what are we down fifth? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And and animals from a standpoint of relationship, it sounds like. Right. And then I, and then competition and rodeo comes comes later. It sounds like. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. And so what, uh, there's something that has to keep us motivated to go. And you went a lot of years, Mm -hmm. a lot of miles. You wore out a lot of pickup trucks, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you had great horses. So Mm -hmm. what was the day to day motivation? It's Friday afternoon. We got to go again. It's Sunday night at two o'clock in the morning. We're just turning in the driveway. And I know in, in a few hours, I got to get up and go to work. What's the motivation? What's the inspiration? Well, you know, um, the, the horses are my, my main priority. You know, they taking care of them is the main thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I also feel like, um, just lost my train of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, was it was it the competition that motivated you? The winning that motivated you? That's what. That's thank you for getting my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> back. I never felt like I was competing against anybody else. Whenever I ran, it was to make the best run that my horse and I can make together, mm-hmm. not to beat you, you, or you. Okay. Okay. And, and would, um, order of the run deepness of the ground, would that play any part into your, into your thinking? Would that challenge you? Um, no, because, um, I didn't ride any different. Okay. 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 I trusted my horse. Mm-hmm. And um, this one rodeo we were at, I almost think it was Greenwich. Uh, it was kind of a track, but kind of grass. So the first barrel was on grass. The second barrel was track. And the third barrel was kind of grass track. And um, I was on spinner at the time. And I don't watch anybody that goes ahead of me. Because if people are knocking the second barrel, I don't want to think, well, what's what's wrong with the second barrel? Okay, 
Okay. So if something's not right, I trust Dickie to come over and tell me, you know, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing the audience go, <gasps> oh, yeah. So yeah. I know something's going on, mm-hmm. but I'm looking at Dickie and he's not giving me any sign. Mm-hmm. So they call my name and we went running in there hard. Mm-hmm. Now, every girl that had gone before me had fallen down. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I just went in there knowing that we're on grass, so it's going to be bad. But I left him alone mm-hmm. and um, let him do it. So he, he raided himself. He adjusted himself. Yep. Right. Wow. And I didn't interfere with him, and we won that rodeo three years in a row. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yep. Okay. Trust in the horse, allowing the abilities of the horse. Right. Is what it sounds like. So did he ever get into, and this is, I suppose, mental aspect of things, um, if you're not feeling good, if you're not feeling right, could you feel that in the horse? Was he off just a bit? Yes, he, you know, definitely you're you're in one with the horse, mm-hmm. you know, he feels you. So mm-hmm. if you don't feel right, it's going to throw him off. Okay. And this, this one night I was on missile and he didn't warm up right. Okay. And I'm like, Dickie, you got to go scratch this. There's something wrong with missile. And Dickie says, you're next, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. go do it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. We um, set the arena record that hold up, held up for years. Really? And what <laughs> yeah. didn't feel right in the warm-up? He didn't have happy feet. He wasn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> he wasn't giving me any grief, you know. Okay. And you're like, what's up with him? Is he not feeling yeah. right? Right. Is there something wrong here? And what do you, how do you explain it? He goes in, turns a great barrel pattern. He was fine after that? Yeah, he was so fine. So just, just the feeling? Just, that's just where know. he was on that night? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was just fun to throw, you know, me mentally off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that's pretty neat that you trust the horse enough, especially when you talk about running in on that first barrel on the grass and people had fallen, trust your horse mm-hmm. and let it go. And, and that goes right. to, you know, you've talked a little bit about in your, in your clinics, having the confidence in yourself and having the confidence in your horse. And boy, right. that sure shows that. You know, you, you spend a lot of money or your parents spend a lot of money to have the horse, the truck, the trailer, the vet bills, the blacksmith, you know, the equipment, entry fees. And if you get all nerved up mm-hmm. and you're not enjoying it, yeah. then why are you doing this? So was that true for you? You simply enjoyed doing it and just had fun? Yes. Okay. There was no... I, I I didn't put the pressure on myself ever that oh I gotta mm-hmm. I gotta win the association mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I, I never won an association because it wasn't that important to me. Okay, okay. 
That is so neat. That is so cool. So speaking of clinics, you've got a barrel racing clinics coming up here pretty quick. I show it's at on July 8th and 9th. Yes, in Attica. In Attica at the Rodeo Arena. And that's on 30 Exchange Street right there in Attica. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, talk just briefly about uh, what that clinic consists of and how folks can get a hold of you if they're interested. Well, it it uh, The clinic is just about full, mm-hmm. if it isn't totally full. Mm-hmm. But um, And I think it's pretty neat that that's where I started my barrel racing, right. and I've come full circle to where I'm teaching it there now. Yep. And um, Betty Johnson was very instrumental in getting these clinics going. Yeah. Because I said to her one time years ago, do you think I could give a clinic myself? Because we had Lynn McKenzie up here for 10 years, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you think I could do a clinic myself? And she said, Skeet, when do you want it? Yeah. And... Um, so we set a date, and she called me one night soon after that, and she said, Skeet, we got a problem. <laughs> and I looked at Dickie, and I said, see, nobody wants to come. <laughs> and Betty goes, we're full, and we need another day. Need another day. Yeah, she yeah. shared that story. <laughs> that, that was a great story. I love that. Yeah. But she, you know, she's been a big part of my barrel racing life. So are you doing just this one clinic this year? Is it an annual clinic you do? It's an annual clinic we do. Okay. And um, I have another clinic in August. Okay. Out by Buffalo. That oh, you do? Okay. Doing too. And, you know, if anybody wants to have me for a barrel racing clinic, give me a call. You know, see me on Facebook, I'd be glad to do it. Okay. So, absolutely. So, that's the easiest way to get a hold of you, Skeet, is on Facebook and just search for Skeet Barrett, right? Right. Exactly. Okay. okay. Excellent. Yep. So, you've got the one in July. Uh, it's full now, though? Yeah, I think it is full. Okay. Okay. Um, but then but, August, are there still some slots? No, I, I think that's one. That's full too. So what about what about June of next year at Attica? Is that one full yet? Nope. Okay. No, nope, we haven't we haven't taken anybody yet for that. Okay. But if they're the, interested the year, yeah. the year after COVID, um Sandy Brewer, who you know runs that one out yeah. there, she yeah. called yeah. me and she said it was immediate. She said, We're already full for Saturday and Sunday. Do you want to do a Friday? Yeah. We had a full clinic on three days that year. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. It's a great place to have a clinic out there. Okay. Okay. And Sandy Brewer is great to um, deal with putting on these clinics. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. I can imagine she would be. That's perfect. Well, this has been fun, Skeet. I'm glad we could have this conversation. Well, I am too. You've made it very comfortable for me. Well, it's, uh, I find when I get with good folks that got good stories, my job's pretty darn easy. I get to just <laughs> listen and ask questions. <laughs> and, and I hope I wasn't too, too nosy. 
<laughs> but I, and I and I've got to admit, you know, as an announcer, my favorite event to announce was always the barrel racing. No, no kidding. Oh, and why, I love why is that? Oh, the action and the movement and horse after horse. And you had a time you're competing against and three barrels. They got a turn and the crowd. Oh, my goodness. It was a way to get the crowd into the rodeo. Unlike just about any of the other events. I absolutely yeah. love barrel racing. Yeah, I know yeah. the crowds always love that. You bet. Turn them for home. Head right. them home. My grandfather, this would have been probably in the early, early 60s, had a rodeo arena in Iowa. And I can remember him announcing it, saying, head for home. <laughs> First time I ever heard that. So, But I really appreciated, I appreciated our conversation. And uh, I think there's more stories here. So at some point, we need to have more conversation. Well, there's always a lot of stories when you've been doing it as long as I have. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really enjoyed my conversation with Skeet. So many adventures, so much fun that she talked about, relationships with horses and so forth. As a matter of fact, after we ended this conversation, a few days later, she texted me and said, you know, there's more than I need to talk about that I'd like to share. What follows is that conversation. So, Skeet, you've got the clinics going on and everything. What else are you doing? Are you still riding? Are you still going? Well, that's the good question. I have a great barrel horse. He's 13 years old. His name is Reno, and um, he's done very well. And um, I have two major problems with my back. And just last week, um, the... Nerves were killed in my back so that I'm not in terrible pain anymore. So surgically, and surgically, they went in and blocked the, blocked the nerves? They burn them. Burn the nerves. So, you know, within a year, the nerves will grow back and I'll have to have this done again. Okay. And was, but, this, was this from an injury, if you can share? Um, it, it was from a lot of mm, years. Mm barrel racing and riding horses yes okay okay and um so i've just been without pain for like a week okay and, and what's that like it's wonderful <laughs> yeah yeah it is <laughs> you know, amazing I yeah i couldn't take anything mm -hmm. that would kill the pain so mm -hmm. i was living with pain all the time and i still rode my barrel horse all the time oh, and wow. other horses here but um I couldn't compete, you know, and mm -hmm. the insurance wouldn't pay for this procedure. So the doctor finally said, listen, I'll do it if you want to pay out of your pocket. And I said, sign me up. And okay. so okay. I called my blacksmith. And I said, get, get the back shoes on my horse mm -hmm. because I need to go up in the arena and run a set of barrels and see if this is something I can go back and do. Okay, okay. So, Reno, number one, mm -hmm. thank goodness the back pain is done. Thank yeah. goodness. it's and, and nerve pain is, is they, they say that is absolutely the worst pain there is, nerve pain. Um, absolutely. Um, and so, plus, Doug, mm, you, you got to remember that I'm 68 years old. 68, okay. And mm -hmm. 
I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that I can do what I do. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about Reno. 13 years old, you said. Where'd you find mm-hmm. him? Um, he, where did I find Reno? It was, uh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank as to where I found Reno. Um, I bought him, oh, a girl up in Vermont. I bought him when he was six years old. Oh, okay. And okay. she was training on him. Mm-hmm. And I saw him, and I just thought, wow, this horse is a great mover. Mm. And so I bought him, and it was just fun. He didn't know he could run. He just always been trained on, you know. I see. And so it was great seeing that he could run. And we placed it at PRCA Rodeos up up to Painted Pony. And, um, you know, he's... He's a great horse, and hopefully okay. now, now I can do something again. Okay, well that's excellent. So you've had him what six years then, and are you, do you are you gonna go pretty hard this year with him? What are you thinking? I'm not gonna go hard. No, I don't. I have nothing to prove. Yeah, and um, you know. I'm just going to enjoy myself. Okay. And where are you with trust and relationship with this horse? Oh, he loves me to death. Yeah. And he can be a little bronky, too. Okay. My husband says I do it to these horses because they feel me, <laughs> right. you know, with, with so much adrenaline and so excited that I bring it out in them. Okay. Well, there may be something to that, right? They do sense. <laughs> they do. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. are you just, are you pleasure riding the horse? I mean, do you trail ride? Do you just just go? Yeah. Okay. And he likes to run the hill as well. Okay. And so I just kind of do what he likes to do. Oh, that is excellent. That is excellent. Well, have a good summer then. I hope you get out in about a bit and do go run some barrels. Get under the lights. Get under the I lights. I hope so. You've got a card, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. And PRC only my, these days? Yes. I have my gold card in both the APRA and PRC. Okay. And there's stuff WPRA. close enough. You got to run Attica, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's stuff. There's stuff around. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's hope that this trial run is good. It takes a lot of support to go down the road. It takes a lot of of work, a lot of effort, a lot of focus, and a lot of support from other folks. Who supported you? Who supported you through your rodeo career? My husband, Dickie. Um, he, when I started doing good with Spinner, he hung up his team roping rope and, and he just hauled me and we were a team and I couldn't have had such a successful barrel racing career if it wasn't for my husband. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great to have someone in your corner, someone to support you and to, and to set aside his, or, you know, give up his career at that point right. to haul to support you what a what a blessing yes he he has been and um you know even with the clinics now he we're a team doing them now you also spoke of nbha yes what what speak a little bit about that 
National Barrel Horse Association. Um, they have them all over. You don't have to travel, you know, long ways anymore. Mm-hmm. And they have some pretty big money um, purses. And, um, you know, it's a great place for anybody because there's divisions. Um, and so anybody could win money. Yeah. And, and does that replace rodeo for you? No. No. No, No. it it will never replace rodeo. You know, it's so funny. Um, Missile and I won the NBHA finals one year. And and I told my husband, you know, it was great. You know, and I think NBHA is great. But for me, I need the crowd, the noise, the Uh, announcer, you know, mm -hmm. all that. Okay. Okay. So you had been running NBHA for a while. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. And and thoughts of maybe getting back into that a little bit, just because it's little bit. close and like you said, close. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and and how many barrel racers and for the listeners, NBHA National Barrel Horse Association, they'll run like three divisions based on the times of the horses. Yeah three or four divisions um so somebody that ran two seconds behind the winner mm-hmm. could win money in 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 a lower division than the winner Co- correct okay and how many barrel racers might show up at an nbha a decent regional nbha event oh my gosh um down in fonda they get you know at least 200 really and and how many how many runs would you would you get? Um, you'd only get you know the one run if you're in the open. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and that's all I'll do is just one run and then have my time rolled over to the seniors or you know whatever. Okay. Okay. To the, okay. All right. Excellent. I like to do these clinics because I feel like I'm giving back to the sport that has given me so much through the years. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been an important part of my life and, you know, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss rodeos and going hard. Yeah. Yeah. So is there just, pleasure horseback riding in the future trail rides is that is that your style i think it's more roping right now okay okay um you know like the guys are out in our indoor arena right now i'm roping the dummy and that's where i'm headed okay um i have a great roping horse and i enjoy roping oh that is excellent that is excellent. Now that's not Reno. You don't rope off Reno. Well, we're trying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we are definitely trying. He some days he can handle it. Other days he, you know, gets a little spunky. But mm-hmm. we're we're trying. Okay. 
And where, if if somebody were to get started and wanted to be serious about this, about going down the road, let's say campaigning in the Northeast, maybe the mm-hmm. first frontier circuit, um, mm-hmm. what what would you budget for a good uh, competitive horse? Meaning, you know what I mean by competitive, going to be in the money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's. <laughs> <laughs> they've gone they've gone crazy now yeah, and yeah and um you know i i don't think you could get anything for less than 20 20,000 and would would that be a um top division horse would that be a 4d horse no that would that would be up there would it be up there okay yeah okay you know, Dickie told me I should have told you the story about um, first time I went to Gary Rodeo. Mm-hmm. Gary Gary Rodeo always gave fifty dollars to the winner yeah. of their performance. Yes. Right. Yes. So I finally enter it, and Dickie's so happy because I finally pulled up my big girl panties, and I'm going to Gary. Yes. And we get out there, and I look at my performance. And it's all the tough girls. Okay. Okay. I looked at Dickie and I said, why do I have to be up with all the tough girls? You know, I wanted the 50 bucks. Right. Right. <laughs> and uh, I won the 50 bucks. You did. Yeah, I did. Now, now, legend goes, legend tells that to win Gary, go, a Gary go-round pays $50 in silver dollars. Yeah, it doesn't. It hasn't in years. Hasn't in I years. I think it used to okay. in the beginning, okay. but it hasn't in years. Okay. And and when you showed up and all the toughs are there, mm-hmm. right? All the top fast ladies, and, and I'm assuming mm-hmm. not just from the first frontier circuit? No, they came from Great Lakes also. Okay. So they came to town. You drew up in that same <clears throat> go-round. What do you remember about that run, about the ground, about the energy, and who who were you riding, Spinner the Winner at the time? I was riding Spinner the Winner. Okay. So what do you remember? It, yeah. it was just the, like, it wasn't the whole first go. It was just one of the performances of the first go. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I ended up placing, but I I um, won our performance. One year performance. I got the fifth bucks, yeah. Okay. And Gary's a big pen? It's a decent-sized pen, mm-hmm. but they just pack the people in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's what makes it so fun. Okay. And that rodeo was a bit intimidating for you to go to compete at for a while. It was because you get, you know, all the tough girls go there and plus girls from Great Lakes. So it, you know, intimidated me. And until I always believed that you'll never know mm-hmm. unless you get out and do it. Okay. Okay. You never know what you're going to be missing. And and at the same time, uh, North Washington was PRCA at that point. Oh, that was a fun arena too. It was a long run to the first barrel. Tufts come in for that one too. Yep. Okay. They came in for that one too. Um, I want to go around there. Okay. Um, Kellettville was another. Oh yeah. Fun rodeo. Yeah. 
That was yeah. in like a national forest, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it was in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And they packed it. Okay. You know, you didn't know where all these people came from. Yeah. But okay. All right. And any other road? Go ahead. You went there, right? To Kellettville. Kellettville. I, mm-hmm. I was there one time as a um, uh, high school rodeo announcer. Mm, cool. I, yeah, yeah. That was a little bit far afield for me when I was competing, but because um, we were living in New Hampshire at the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I remember going there. Gosh, it must have been 98, maybe. 1998, mm-hmm. I went there. And of course, the you know the story of the PRCA rodeo and just a neat rodeo facility, like you say, in the middle of the woods. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. So how many belt buckles do you have in your possession? Oh, over 30. Over 30. Any saddles? One saddle. One. That was an NBHA when I won the... Uh, finals and and do you use that saddle do you ride in that then, saddle? no and yeah. I'm, I'm very particular and i i never cared for or felt comfortable in it so it it's uh just in my tap room okay and and the saddle that you are comfortable in how long have you had that saddle well the saddle that i'm you know one in for years is a double j um Lynn McKenzie. Okay. And um and then just oh maybe five years ago I bought a double J Brittany Posey. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what I ride in now. Okay. Okay. And you like that saddle a lot? I do, and I've kept my other one because I won everything with the other one. <laughs> when when the when the new york state rodeo museum opens up (laughs) that saddle will need to be on display along with your 30 belt buckles Uh, yeah Yeah, right (laughs) there we were at a jackpot one time and i came out from barrel racing and i'm getting off and dickie's unsaddling my horse right there and i'm like what are you doing and he said I just sold your saddle. Oh and I'm like, no. you did what? <laughs> I was so upset. Yeah. You know, that you have your competition saddle that you feel comfortable in. Yeah. And he sold it. He never did that again, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. So, so some of our listeners, they've asked about traveling and travel stories. So going down the road, you know, big runs, short runs, does any any stories come to mind of of the traveling portion? Or yeah. If if Dickie was here, he would tell you that um when we leave the house, mm-hmm. I'm asleep. Like you you are miles. asleep. Okay. I'm asleep eight miles down the road. <laughs> okay. We went to Johnson, Vermont, which was quite a haul for us. And I got out of the truck, and the girl said, Skate, this is pretty far for you. Yeah. And I went, Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> you, <know. laughs> you just had woken up. I see. 
Yeah, I slept yeah. the whole night. Yeah. Did you did you travel much at night? Was that preferred just from the heat and the horses and just getting we, around? Yeah, we traveled a lot at, at night. Um, one night we left Cowtown, mm-hmm. and it was pouring rain, and we were going to stay overnight. And I said, we can't do this to missile. we got to go. Mm-hmm. And Dickie said I was counting on, you know, sleeping. And I yeah. said, well. You drive an hour, I'll drive an hour, and we'll do that all the way home. Okay. So I don't drink coffee. I don't have caffeine. Uh-huh. So he drove an hour. We stopped. I got a large cappuccino and a large candy bar, and <laughs> and we got home, and I said to Dickie, are you going to back this in? And he had slept all the way. He couldn't believe I drove all the way. Oh, my but goodness. But I was just... I was, you know, just bebop and I was wired, you know. Wired, wired on sugar and, and uh, yeah. caffeine. I come in the house, he goes to bed, and I'm cleaning. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that'll do it. That, that will, yeah. that gets your engine running. It does, that's for sure, when you're not used to it. Okay. All right. Anything else, Skeet? Not that I can think of, but. Um, this has been fun, Doug. It has been fun. And if anything comes up, um, I don't care when it is, and you want to have another conversation, you know, a story pops in your brain or whatever, let's capture it. All I, right. I Sounds appreciate good. it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and if you just want to chat, Skeet, give me a call. <laughs> yeah, I miss talking to you. <laughs> I guess so. It's been a pleasure. It has been fun. <laughs> It has, Doug. Thank you so much. All right. Goodbye. Take care. When I first started this podcast, I spoke with Betty Johnson of the New York State Rodeo Museum Facebook group page, and she said very early on, you gotta talk to Skeet Barrett. So, we were able to. And I so enjoyed this conversation, and I hope there's more conversations that Skeet and I can have. If you ever have any questions that you'd like me to ask Skeet, I'd love to do a follow-up show. So post them in your comments. Get them wherever you can get them. Send them to me. And let's, uh, let's, let's see if we can do some follow-up here. I would love to do that. Now, to make your listening easier, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Actually, any place where you listen to your podcast, do a search and simply follow us. We ask that you help us spread the word on Facebook. If you like these posts, send them up, post them up, share them up. And a reminder to check out the New York State Rodeo Museum Facebook group page and become a member. This is Beyond the Shoots. Until next time, this is Doug Simcox. Thank you for listening.